Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, and Ron Powers. Kaboom! Come on, the, the atmosphere has shifted. Yes. You feel it in the air. I do. A lot of things happening this week. Some booms are coming right now. Well, I don't know. That's not a good thing to say with the content that we'll be covering. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Depends what side of the boom you're on. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like where you're at in the world. <laughs> yes. You just got back from a very wonderful yeah. trip, didn't you? I was in Vietnam last week. Wow. Uh, I almost called in, but I just, it was, I was... I was at a factory, you know, and I, I couldn't take off. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll let you we'll let it go. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy though. I uh, the traffic there is really interesting. There's just motorbikes everywhere, a swarming like flies around. You know, 20 percent of my cars, 80 percent bikes, and uh, so the last day I'm like, you know, I got to do this because there's no rhyme or reason. They just swarm all over. Oh, gosh. No one's in a, a straight lane, and and the cars aren't either. And so I I rented it. Flip and flops like, and shorts You're and no brave. helmets and a goat on the back. Old ladies with the like, baby their in kids. the front. Yeah, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is the craziest thing. And so. Uh, <laughs> You know, you can rent, uh, like, a scooter for 10 bucks, oh And I said, how about just for a day? Not, I mean, just for an hour, not a day. And they're like, uh, well, is $5 too much? I'm like, 5 bucks, Sure. So I got to do that. That was an absolute blast. And then I had some uh, foe. I had a friend that's a foodie, uh, mm. that I, a coworker, And he said, hey, I found this on an app. And it's this lady. She used to be a street vendor. And they, they shut her down. So she started serving right out of her house. She'd push her furniture aside. And there's no signs or anything. You just find it by this app. And, and so I go, and I, I'm, I can't find the address. Yeah. Oh, please. So I, I go to this other street ver uh, merchant, and, and I say, uh, this address. And they, they all know, and they point. And then I go down this dark hallway. You know, it's just all just dilapidated. It looked and, like a uh, shipping container, that picture you sent. Yeah, it totally. was actually upstairs. And some, some old guy looks at me and he says, like, with his hand, stop. And he points up. And I'm like, oh, I guess I go upstairs. And then we just sit down. This lady uh, sees me and this other guy, and, and she brings out two bowls. And then at the end, she comes out and pulls out this wad of cash and starts pulling out what we have to pay with. Not one word. There was only one thing on the menu, and so she didn't say one word the whole time, and neither did we. And we ate and paid. We just matched whatever she had in her hand. She pointed That's at that. Great. And it was awesome. So cool. we, yeah. And then the funny thing is is that you posted that, and somebody in Santa Cruz, the the director of YWAM Santa Cruz, said he went to, or they went, yeah. him and his wife went to Vietnam and ran a mission there, and they ate at the same place. Yes. This so lady with the foe oh. and no signs with one item. <laughs> That's of typical all the YWAM, joints which is youth, <laughs> yeah, youth with a Mission. Uh, it's, an amazing, um, it's an amazing missions group. Uh, a lot of young people, like college age, stuff like that. Um, if anyone's looking for an adventure in missions, um, you know, Chris and his wife, they, um, they Salima, Salima, yeah. 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 Um, they uh, they run a camp out of Santa Cruz, uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. So I'll, I'll put a link in because they're an amazing uh, organization. So yeah. Yeah. They're, do they're doing their first week of hiking, surfing, and skating adventure DTS discipleship training school um, because the world brings people. You know, people come from all over the world to come to Santa Cruz for adventure, and uh, so people are coming to have an, a, a God adventure and share God with people. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool organization. They're great people, so I encourage you to check it out. Why yeah. Wham Santa Cruz? What about you, uh, Brandon? Didn't you uh, you talked about a movie that you saw? Oh, today! I, oh my gosh, today I went to see Super Spreader. Sean Foyt, Super Spreader. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was so well done. It tells about the 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 clash between the state shutting down churches over the last two years and all of the battles that went through, stuff that's not included on the news, like the fact that Cheon's church actually sued Gavin Newsom and won, mm. and he was required to pay them. Like, there's stuff that's just not on the news, and it goes all through Sean Foyt's battle up and down to, like, feel, like, called to go take the to take the pre proclamation of the gospel in worship all over the nation. And he's been to, like, 80 nations in his life, and he said, I never thought that I would actually be fighting for worship in my own nation so he went to like in one year i think they said like 86 events the 80 like in 80 oh, different cities oh he's the real deal yeah oh. i saw him up in sacramento with with his wife and kids and uh he was uh praising god with all his heart there were about 2000 people in the middle of covid there and right on the steps and it was um our way of saying let's keep california open right. that was 
No, that was the middle of summer, so it was it was pretty hot that that weekend. So God bless Sean Foyt and, and super spreaders. So what was the plot? Was it? It was like the tension in the wrestling match that went between the churches and and Sean called to his. He has an organization called um, Let Us Worship, which is a quote from the Book of Exodus, where Moses tells the Pharaoh, mm -hmm. "Let us go into the desert and worship the Lord." And Pharaoh says no, and then God sends ten plagues upon the land, and finally Pharaoh lets him go. So it's let us worship, and it's just and he, there's one moment where like Gavin Newsom literally said, "You're not allowed to worship. You're not allowed to sing in church." Right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And he, he said something just shifted in me, and this prophecy I had about being a warrior rose up in me, and I just had to go lead people in worship all over the all over the you know the nation so wow. it was pretty powerful you should check it out it's being showed at select theaters i think actually we're thinking about sh showing it at our church in a couple weeks like oh, on a friday great. or saturday night and invited everybody in santa cruz to come see it super spreader hey talking about gavin newsom i just wanted to bring up a a letter that was sent out by uh pastor teacher john MacArthur, and it was addressed to our governor and it was september 29th it was probably the most direct um statement I have seen, not just against what is going on in the California legislation, but against the governor himself. And mm -hmm. it starts out with this, Sir, Almighty God says in his word, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Scripture also teaches that it is the chief duty of any civic leader to reward those who do well and to punish evildoers. You have not only failed in that responsibility, you routinely turn it on its head, rewarding evildoers and punishing the righteous. Whoa. And so the letter goes on, it quotes some scripture, and it really goes, um, it calls Gavin Newsom, our governor, um, to account for the evil things that he is um, allowing. And uh, I was excited to see it. I Pushing. thought uh, it's about time. And I thought, how do we get in line and um, say, we agree. Yeah. Uh, so there's some great decrees you can take out of that letter. And uh, you, you can also write a little letter to Gavin Newsom and use that as a template. Oh, that's beautiful. And say, we have had enough of unrighteousness Amen. because it, it really does, um, it makes a, a, a nation sick. You know, it brings curses on a nation. Yeah, let's put that letter on our show notes as well this yeah, week so you guys can check will. it out. I would post it, um, send it on a social media, send it out there, and uh, just encourage people to make a statement, take a stand. Um, we're on KSEO Radio with Wake the Bear. Uh, we're going to take some calls at the end of the hour, probably about the last 15 minutes. So call in at 845 at, uh, at the phone number here, 479-1080. KSEO, 479-1080. You're listening to KSEO AM Radio in Santa Cruz. Awesome. And, you know, with John MacArthur, also that letter, you know, some people may view, oh, the church shouldn't get involved, you know, we're just focused in on Jesus. But there are plenty of verses saying that we need to stand up for righteousness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when you see unrighteousness happening, you know, wickedness actually happening, we're to call it out. You know, Ephesians talks about us uh, have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather yeah. expose them, yep. you know. And, and so John MacArthur's exposing, and, and it's actually true love. When somebody's doing something wicked, it would be better love to be that brought to their attention. Hey, this is what God's word says, right. rather than say, "Oh, I don't want to offend. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to play neutral because I might offend another segment of our population." You stand up for righteousness, uh -huh. and I think he did it right. He just directly. Uh, now it was public, but maybe it should have been private. But it's hard to keep those things private. Yeah, you know? and if you're a public official, it's a public. It's a public address. Yeah. I, I think also, um, you know, John MacArthur and I probably differ in a lot of different parts of theology, <laughs> but probably about ninety percent of the things we agree on. And so, and he's my brother, like, you yeah. know, even though we disagree on certain things, the guy's my brother, he loves the Lord Jesus and he's willing to stand up. He feels more like my brother even now. So mm -hmm. I'm behind that and uh, great job, John. Yeah. Pastor John. Yeah. yeah. Give him credit where credit's due. And that, that's definitely one. So, uh, hey, tonight, what, um, let's talk about what's been in the news lately, because it seems pretty... Pretty serious. I well, mean, I, there's a. I love the fact that Trump just filed a 475 million dollar lawsuit against the Communist News Network. CNN, oh, open up He's your checkbook. He's outdone book. Sanders or Sandman. Yeah, uh, man. Right. I was like, I'm wondering when that was going to happen. And he says, finally, I just ha we just, I just have to file the lawsuit because they just have been atrocious. 
So awesome. it just feels like the boom, you know, the the time is coming. The boom is coming. I said that once before, but yeah. like the boom is coming. There's mm-hmm. like I feel it just feel that shift in the atmosphere. Like now it's time for those who have done wickedness. They've had plenty of time to repent. Now it's going to be exposed. Yeah, and it's a defamation. A lawsuit, isn't it, against his reputation and uh, lies that it's also it, they accused him of some things. In, was did they accuse him of insurrection? Was do you know what the the premises of the lawsuit? I, I don't know. I, I just know that it's a defamation lawsuit. I have, I have to read up on it a little bit more. I would say there's a long list that it could be. <laughs> yes. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller investigation, what they said about that, you know, that he colluded. Uh, he threw the, you know, 2016 election because Russia came in and, you know. Influenced the election, with, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what else? There's that was the dossier that was part the of dossier. that. Dossier. And then, of course, what we found out is actually... You know, fake news for sure. Fake news, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, then, of course, the insurrection. It's the worst insurrection that's ever happened when everybody shows up and nobody has a gun. Yeah, nobody's armed. <laughs> There's a, you know, an insurrection. And take selfies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And ask permission to go yeah. go through. Can I go through Can this? I come in through? Sure. Oh, Officers yeah. let him in. Crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's a big deal. Um, I think there's a couple of crazy things that are going on. It just was exposed that the CCP, the Communist uh, Char- uh, Party of Russia, um, excuse me, of China, the CCP, Chinese Chinese Communist Party has uh, opened offices of police in various countries throughout the world, including the United States and in New York. Of police? Yeah, to police their nationals in our country to make sure they do what they're told. Wow. I hadn't heard about that. I don't know if you ever got like a phone call, like a spam call, and it's all, oh, you need to return to the the embassy, you know, and and I, I, I Googled it and found out. It's actually Chinese Communist Party trying to intimidate the, the, the nationals who are in America to go back to the embassy so they can either, so they can question them about what they've been doing. Oh wow! So now they're going to actually put physical offices. Oh my goodness! Well, I wonder why we don't just say no. Well, I think a president, uh, the person <clears throat> that resides in the White House, should have something to say about that since their job is to protect the nation. Their primary job. Yeah, you're yeah, unless you have friends in strange places yeah. like China. Unless you're a puppet of China. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. Well, and I also um, heard in the news that uh, the Chinese are on the ground in Afghanistan. They have um, they have. It looks like they may have taken over the largest air force base that we left uh, un- unstaffed when we left Afghanistan, that there is satellite, satellite footage that there are Chinese on the ground in Afghanistan, which is a, an interesting place in the, the uh, geography for them to be, to oh, be yeah. um, setting up camps. So that's wow. a little disturbing. They are setting out their... their uh, tendrils all over the place so we are, are we expecting knockoff black hawk helicopters for a fraction of the price <laughs> something like it's that reverse engineered <laughs> reverse engineered oh, black man. hawk um interesting also this was a this is a huge boom like we just talked about just as we entered the office tonight so eugene Yu, the ceo of conich incorporated was arrested for his involvement in um throwing the election Le- election integrity, election for lack of election integrity. And now, the true the vote, they were exposing um, the lack of integrity in the election, this last election, 2020. And Conich secretly um, filed like uh, filed a lawsuit against them, right? And and then it came out that everything that they were trying to stop them from doing was actually true. Like so, true the vote has actually showed that there was a lack of election integrity. And now they, the, the person who was driving that was arrested. Yeah, about three weeks ago, we covered that with Greg Phillips as part of True the Vote and Catherine right. Engelbrack. And they had, uh, they are part of the 20, 2020 mules, 2,000 mules. 5,000 mules. Uh, yes, yeah. probably more like 20,000 mules. But uh, they were part of um, Dinesh uh, D'Souza's uh, movie. And so they set up... Uh, true the vote and they also did the the pit about uh, mm. six weeks ago if yeah. we remember we covered that in Arizona where a lot of uh, anons and researchers and um, citizen journalists all met so they could be on the same page and how to move forward and be encouraged for uh, helping to keep 
the election with some integrity come November. Now, True the Vote actually released a statement about this. They said, True the Vote is honored to have played a small role in what have must have been a wide-ranging and complex investigation. The organization is profoundly grateful to the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office for their thorough work and rapid action in this matter. True the Vote was sued last month by Connich to si try to silence our organization, including obtaining an ex parte TRO conducted in secret so that we so that True the Vote had no opportunity to contest it. This TRO limited True the Vote's ability to speak on litigation. Today, Connich CEO Eugene Yu was arrested based on alleged evidence of the very activities he and his organization attempted to suppress. Connich was assisted Connich was um, assisted by many reporters who unblinkingly accepted their now discredited claims as fact and simply repeated them, according to True the Vote founder uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, the election integrity should never be a, a partisan issue, nor should media try to suppress all conversation about it in any way that benefits one party over another. We conti will continue to report evidence of threats to our election process and work with law enforcement to ensure our elections are secure, a secure space for all American voters. So much for the most uh, secure elections, huh? Yeah, yeah, and that was actually not just a security of election. That was, uh, Connich was responsible for housing personal information, including bank accounts and security numbers of poll workers wow. in China, housing it on, um, on servers there. And then, of course, the Chinese government claimed that anything housed in China belongs to them. So they found uh, that an American company owned by... Um, I don't know if they're Chinese Americans or not, but they they were uh, housing the information of their of American poll workers. So they, we, some some uh, polling stations throughout the nation would use that software uh, to sign up poll workers. I don't know if it was used in um, Santa Cruz or not, but then the poll workers would get paid uh, that they'd have their personal information on there. But that information was then uh, housed in China. Well, that would give them leverage and the ability to intimidate people in America, mm -hmm. especially if they're bringing their own police here. So, yeah. yeah well, I'm going to be doing some uh, viewing, you know, for this round. Yeah, I don't think that uh, lawsuit is going to be <laughs> very effective anymore against to the vote. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So let's get on to a topic that uh, got me a little nervous, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the whole thing with, well... Um, Putin. Putin did a speech. In fact, I was in the airport coming home this weekend, and I listened to the speech. I, I had a layover, so I, I got to listen to the whole thing. Um, and, you know, there were some really interesting things he, he talked about. You know, so he, he's talking about the whole Ukrainian issue. So, you know, they, they've been at war. Um, and there's the East Ukraine These are people that have Russian background. They speak Russian. They have Russian culture. Mm -hmm. And since... 2014 especially they have been persecuted by the ukrainians right and um and so it was really interesting because four areas they annexed or they left ukraine and they went to russia, russia mm -hmm. and they had uh, an election they voted and i think it was like 95 don't quote me but i think it was like 95 97 percent were in favor of going to Russia. That is huge. Wow. Now, you could say it's propaganda, but it sure doesn't seem like it. And in fact, I'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but John Mark Dugan, yeah, who John we've Mark had Dugan. on this show, was uh, he was a, um, a sheriff here and in the Marines, and, or uh, yeah, the Marines. Yep. And um, he, he exposed fraud and, and some terrible things that were happening here, and he had to run for his life, and he actually went over to Russia. Yeah, and so he's been there. Yeah. And so... He, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, no, but I, I mean, let's talk about this. He, he actually has been going into Ukraine and interviewing people. And, like, yeah. he's doing actual investigative journalism where our journalists are not. They're, they're just taking the word of the mass media, the, the AP. Like, he's actually showing. Yeah. He actually took somebody in who was anti-Russia, who was Russian, but she's anti-Russia. Yeah. And he showed him how all the people there are saying, hey, we, we've been... We've had 12 million people or 12,000 people killed by these Nazis over the last 
you know, since 2014, 2015, we're thankful that the Russia, Russia is liberating us. So, that's, so the, we need to hear the whole story. And yeah. you, you don't really know the whole story until you hear both sides of the story, and it just shows. Yeah, that Yeah, he showed not- a video of it, and it was an amazing video. Her name is Ma- Masha, M-A-S-H-A, and she's part of the liberal party within uh, Russia. And she only believes the West, and she thinks that Russia is just, you know, Crazy. they they yeah. invaded unprovoked. Uh, that this is a, a Ukrainian thing and they should be able to take care of it themselves. And so they talked to her before and she wanted to be in a translator for him. Right, she so, became his translator. Uh, but he wanted to bring her over because she was very boisterous about, you know, anti-Russia, even though she's Russian. And she had this guilt. She says the whole world thinks that we are monsters, you know, yeah. invading and all that stuff. So he said, you know what, there's not much I could say to change your mind, but can you come with me? And she said, I will go with you. And she was the translator since she, because he's, he's an American. He doesn't really know the language right. quite yet. So um, so they go over there and he says, why don't you interview people? You pick them, you know? And so they went and she started to interview and person after person after person, they all said, no, it's the Azov, uh, which is the uh, kind of the neo-Nazi portion of the Ukrainian army. Mm-hmm. Not everyone in the Ukrainian army is a Nazi, but there are large chunks of these nationalists that are literally Nazis. When I say Nazi, I don't mean it as like I'm just calling them a four-letter word or something. This, these are people like swastika wearing, you know. Or, they're you left know, over from World War II and they that, kids. that yeah. uh, party continued to grow and to flourish and, and to be what yeah. the Nazi party represented in Germany. Yeah. And so their we, school propaganda in their schools, they are pushing propaganda to, yeah, hate to, the, school. to hate those four groups of people because they speak Russian and they have Russian culture. And then the Azovs and have been killing their people, bombing them and for since 2014. And the United States Congress designated the Azov Battalion as a as a terrorist organization in 2015. But but our news media is not talking about it at all. They're yeah. saying, oh, that's just propaganda. They're not, there's not really an Azov battalion over there doing these wicked things. They're like, our own, our own legislators designated them a terrorist organization in 2015. So, yeah. And let me play a little clip while we're talking about it. Go for from, it. From that, uh, and I'll have this in the show notes at uh, wakethebearradio.com. Go for it. So uh, this is the interview that John Mark Dugan did with this lady, Masha. Huh. Let's see. Um, all right, so we went to uh, Valhalla. To the hospital? Is that how you say it? Yeah, sorry. Uh, so we went there. We went to the hospital. Um, we met the doctors. And uh, how did you feel about that trip? In Volnavaka, they held 600 people in basements. They held them hostages. They didn't let them go. Who? The Ukrainian troops. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm turning into these people. I just say they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Ukrainian troops were holding them hostages in the basements of the hospital. Mm-hmm. There were patients. There were wounded people. They mm-hmm. were civilians they could catch and put there. They were um, medical personnel, everyone. Mm-hmm. They spent months in the basement. Mm-hmm. We walked around um, some areas of this basement, saw where they slept, where they ate, how they lived there, and they are like, it's impossible conditions. At the same time, the Ukrainian troops found the storage of drugs in the hospital, broke into that safe, and uh, got themselves high on those wonderful cocktail of uh, adrenaline and and uh, opium, which makes you fearless, which makes you really high, which makes you do crazy things and not care. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's fun. So they were they were running around, shooting at everywhere through the. Well, it's just insane. It's like human hunting or something. I imagine mm. it's just crazy. They wow. did, yeah, you know it's that kind of thing. And then she goes on to say, when they're done, because the Russians started to make advances, they wanted to leave and they wanted to cover the evidence of what they did. 
So they turn a tank on and they blow the whole hospital and cave it in onto the basement when they leave. And those 600 people were in there. Well, yeah. You know, so I, I'm not sure if any Yeah, she said that they, they would disfigure faces, they would remove fingerprints so there would be no evidence. Yeah. Trying to yeah. hide the evidence. So it, it, so she was just in tears in this mm -hmm. interview. Like, you know, I didn't believe that. You know, she said, we've always been taught in our schools that we were brothers, that, that Kiev was the cornerstone of all Russian cities, and they were proud of that. And they, they always felt like they were, you know, related together. But when she went to the school, the, 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 the books and stuff said that these people that are Russian are, are you know, bad people. Dogs. And, dog, yeah, yeah. yeah, subhuman, you know, that sort of thing. And she was just shocked. She says, I didn't know they were teaching that to their kids. So mm -hmm. there is a different story out there that we're not hearing at yeah, all. Yeah, we are not hearing at all. At all. And if you're not hearing it at all, you're over the target when you get a guy like John Mark Dugan going into Ukraine and actually doing the work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons that you, you said you were uh, nervous, Ron, was because of what Putin's um, speech, his speech was powerful. Um, I, you know, there are parts of it that made me very uncomfortable. He said he started out um, really talking about justifying the uh, convergence of the eastern uh, states of Ukraine that had now voted in. And he said, I consider Russia my motherland, and this means that I love in Russia, contemplate and think, sing and speak in Russian, and I believe in a spiritual strength of the Russian people. His spirit is my spirit, meaning the, the Russian person is like my spirit. His fate is my fate. His suffering is my grief, and its flowering is my joy. And he used this as, uh, a, it was a quote from Alexandrovich Ilyan, and he used it to say, we, were, we went in there because these were our people. And so whether or not that was true, that's what he, he had just spoken um, to his, uh, basically, his, the Kremlin. Uh, he gave the speech in the Kremlin. It was a packed out house. What, what very much disturbed me in two different ways was the the anti-west um statements that he made yeah. uh he he uh called the west us the elites and so now i i what i really sensed was there wasn't the ability to separate the american people from the american government that is in office right now which wow. very much is the elites and I, you know i was i was torn because some of the things he would say he he talked how the the values of the west are not our values they are the values of um, people who do not believe in god people who do not believe in a family who do not have ethics who are corrupt and who are not uh, even interested in the will of their people and so he was really putting a anti-West um, lens on, right. and it was a strong one uh, for the purpose of, you know, they're, these, these people have, they've been defaming us, they've been calling us names, they, they don't like us, they've been accusing us of stuff. Um, and uh, after the speech, it just felt like, I don't know whether this is going to be a grand setup for uh, the next piece of um the story of Ukraine and Russia, whether the United States will have a more active role, whether there's going to be a false flag or whether there's going to be a real flag, whether it'll be a, um, a, an event that's going to cause war. But it was very clear. He used language that said, we are in a type of war. And he used that language. Cold War. Uh, so it was, it was uh, be, the, the difference was that we had people between Russia and us that were doing kind of the dirty work, that were fighting the battle, but it was us behind them. And so uh, that, that speech, I think it's very significant. I think that it, it was the beginning of, I think he's going to be justifying some things. And uh, unfortunately, I think there was, there was a lot of truth in what he said, mm -hmm. but there also was probably a lot of spin. So. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's the key is that some people will say, oh, you shouldn't even repeat anything Putin says. Wait a second. If you have two people in a fight or in a legal battle or something, you need to hear both sides. Even if one side's wrong, you need to hear it out. And to say that we're not going to talk. I mean, I, I was actually I had a situation with my dog once where it was um, he attacked, attacked me. 
and and he was growling and and the guy came in and told us well the reason that your dog ended up biting you is because he was telling you that he's trying to communicate to you that what you were doing didn't like and you weren't listening so then what you're left with is violence so if you don't allow the other side to talk and have dialogue where they feel like they're being heard all you're left with mm -hmm. is violence and so the you know, the scripture says that in proverbs 18 17 uh, you know the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins, just like the J6. Yeah. You know, we have a, a fundamental problem right now where we are silencing co conversation. And when you silence yeah. conversation, you actually in you bring about violence. That's the problem. Yes. Speaking yeah. of conversation, we have a caller. So I'm going to put him on. His name is Andres, and he's from Pasatiempo. Andres, you're on uh, the air. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're talking about uh, silencing uh, communication. Back in March, when the Ukraine thing started happening, uh, a video was taken off of Amazon. Um, they said they were out of uh, supply for it, but it was kind of coincidental, I, I think. This is uh, Oliver Stone's uh, interviews with uh, Putin and yep. the story of Ukraine back then. So if you, if you haven't seen it, it's I think it's free on YouTube or free on his website. Mm -hmm. Ukraine on um, fire. Ukraine on fire. We not only watched it, we actually had the producer on our show. On our show. Uh, Lapinik. Oh. Lapinik. Lapinik. Lapinik, yeah. yeah. Uh, Igor Patonik, I think it was Lapinik. Yeah. Lapinik. Great, great Lapatonic. video. And that's one of my sources. And another source that I get the, the snippets of the Ukraine issue is a, a comedian named Jimmy Dore. He has a. <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually a leftist, but he's very critical of the left. Um, and he, he points out a lot of the, the BS of, of COVID, and he also points a lot of BS on the Ukraine issue, and and he cites all his stuff. So I'm, I'm able to look up what he's talking about. What's his name? Jimmy, about Jimmy Dorhey? Jim, Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, O-R-E. And that's where I learned about the Azov Battalion. That's where I learned about how a national police force was created in Ukraine, and, and the head of that national police force was an, uh, appointed, uh, and he used to be from the Azov Battalion, that the Azov Battalion was a, a paramilitary street gang. And after the coup in 2014 that was pushed by Obama, I think, yeah, um, the Azov Battalion was turned into a legit National Guard or a faction of the National Guard. So you have all these, it's about 30% is what they say. 30% of that battalion is neo-Nazi. Um, and then they picked the neo-Nazi to be the head of a national police force. So wow. uh, just encouraging people out there to <laughs> look into some of this stuff. People who, who might not, you might think that, you know, oh, Ukraine are the good guys, Russia bad. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't think... Putin's a, a awesome possum kind of guy, but mm -hmm. between him and, and Biden, um, this is this is the the battle of, of the new world order, the Anglo-American uh, Masonic new world order versus yeah. the Chinese-Russian alliance new world order, and I, I don't really want anything to do with either one of them. But That's right. uh, hey, hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, you're you're familiar with the Nord Stream explosion, the pipeline. Yeah. Who yep. do you think blew it up? What's your opinion? Uh, I don't know enough to have my, my own opinion on it, but what I've been hearing from other people is that it's a, it's a combination of the U.S. and Poland, most likely. But I, first time, you know, when I, when I hear about underwater demolitions, my first association is uh, Jesse Ventura because he was a Navy SEAL and he would talk about how he would do that kind of stuff. So I, I, I don't think it was Russia. I don't think it was Germany. I think it was either the U.S. or allies of the U.S., people that are stoking the um, the, the fire of, of World War Three or mm. four or five, whatever you want to call it. It could, it could have been Israel. It could have been so many people. But I don't, I don't think it was Russia unless it's all really not fake but scripted. And, you know, Russia is, you know, it's behind the scenes they're all working together. But it was predicted by Biden. Biden said it would happen. Just like so. days before. He said that if <laughs> they go forward with this uh, annex of these uh, territories, the Nord's uh, pipeline is going to be it, shut down one end. way Back in, or another. In, in, yeah. in World War II, the Japanese ended up declaring war on us because we did some sort of embargo on their oil uh, 
access in the in the Southeast Asia, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. what happened? Mm-hmm. So this is pretty plainly to me, this is an act of war on, on behalf of the U.S. because we, we, not we, not me, but Biden. That's right, not us. Yeah. <laughs> we, rogue administration. But you know what, you were, you were talking, uh, I, I don't know your name, sorry, lady, but uh, you were talking about how you were listening to the speech and, you know, you heard Putin talk about the West being the elites and how you maybe took offense to that because, you know, we're the West and, and the government's not the West and why are they blaming us for the government? I was thinking, when I was hearing you say that, I was thinking in the back of my head, I'm thinking, we get the government we deserve. If, mm. if we have that government, yeah. it's it's our fault because we're not doing anything to stop it. We haven't risen up and taken our obligation. We haven't picked up our cross and changed our government. Yeah. 100% agree. Righteous people yeah. have not gotten out to vote yeah. like they should. Uh, only a percent. Voting, really? <laughs> well, I know. Voting and poll watching and being involved and in going watching. to the school boards and, and saying you are not going to teach this to our kids. I mean, getting involved in teaching politics. Teaching your kids about about civic responsibility. I mean, we're we're not doing it and we're not teaching our kids about it. We Yeah, we are getting what we deserve. You're absolutely right, Andreas. Yep, yeah, Andreas. But we have an opportunity November 8th to change some yes. things, hey, don't we? Got we? More callers. we have we have an opportunity opportunity every day of our lives to Come be on. activists that's so we good well okay amen uh yeah i got a lot of calls lining up. A lot of calls let you go. thank you for starting thanks. the calls andre thanks. Thanks a lot, Andre. you're welcome okay we've got another one richard from watsonville richard you're on the air uh thank you for taking my call uh as far as the pipeline i think it may have been blown up by a torpedo from a submarine or like in Santa Barbara, where they had a freighter go across and drag an anchor. You remember that one? Yes, mm-hmm. I do, actually. I, I think the one out there that's leaking right now was too far for an anchor. So it was probably a nuclear submarine. Yeah. Definitely could be. I mean, I was looking at the construction of it, and they say it's an inch and a half thick of steel. Oh, my goodness. And then it's wrapped in um, several inches of cement, and then it has another thing of steel around it. So it's, it's yeah, pretty. Yeah, cement. They call them cement casings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's easy to do. It's just uh, very destructive, very destructive. And the other thing that I wanted to ask about was these people they were showing last week the uh, dead people, when they were going through the forest, there would be a person here buried down six feet in a body bag and a person over by this tree and by that tree in these deep, dark forests. Did you notice that? I didn't see that, no. Uh, wait, well, where there's, were, there's where were you talking about? In in uh, the Donetsk? In the Ukraine. Okay. No, in, in the Ukraine, they had this group of people that go around and check uh, what happened at these battlefields. And they just have bodies scattered all over the place, six feet down in body bags. I've never seen anything like that before. The only thing I've ever seen is people, you know, buried all together in one great big trench. Hmm. Yeah. You know, with a lot of white stuff powdered all over it, you know? What was the source you got that on? I'd love to check that out. It was on PBS TV. Okay. I Uh, mean, I just, uh, they're called some kind of special uh, investigative unit that goes, that is, hired by NATO to go in there. That's what got me. Was and They showed the bodies of the one body per per grave. Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what, how or anybody that would go in and kill a whole bunch of people like that. Hmm. And then, you know, just put them like they individually uh, buried them in little individual graves. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very strange. And, uh, and then to have the election after that, what was the results? 97% wanted to move out? Yeah, yeah. So that, that Joined I mean, up with the Russians, huh? Yep, that's what, it, that's what it was. At least that's what I had. That's written. what they were telling us. Yeah. We, I mean, we're, well, that should tell you a lot, too, right? Yeah, oh, it, yeah, it and, does. And it makes sense. And, and all of our media, I mean, every bit of our media said the whole thing was a sham. That's yeah. what gets me. Yeah. Hey, Richard. Who are we to call election champ? Well, here's a question uh, for yeah. you. You started off, Richard, talking about the pipeline. Where were you on September 24th? Because remember there was a, a German chancellor that said everybody will remember where they were on on September 24th. What? Was that the day that? It, it, it happened on the weekend of uh, September 24th. Yeah. You know, if you really want to nail it down, was there any earthquakes around that that date uh there were actually right at the time of the explosion there was a 1.9 and a 2.3 on the yeah Richter i don't scale. think that'll take out a p- pipeline you know that is that whole area is well, one of the, the most what they're saying. oh from the explosion yeah, yeah. 
they said that that the uh, that area is one of the most um, censored underwater areas, and the idea of the torpedo. They say the sonic sound from a torpedo is very unique. That unless there's a new technology, they they were pretty sure it couldn't have been a torpedo because of the sonic sound wa moving through water with, and all the underwater sensors in that area. Eight countries border that that Baltic Sea area, and there were a lot of people in, and it was very very covert sophisticated yeah. sabotage 200 feet down on the ocean floor okay well we've got another caller ray thank from you richard. watsonville yeah thank you richard i didn't mean to cut you off there but we got more callers and i want to get everybody here so thank you for the call ray you're on the air try to keep this a little mellow my, my take on that pipeline was consider the fact that that pipeline was shut down for a couple of weeks for maintenance and two, I think one or two of the pipes never were actually connected and put into use. And it started leaking in it, what it appeared to be two main lines of three. And then consequently, miraculously, it stopped leaking. The, U, the, the European investigating team issued a notice to Russia telling them that before they bring that Keystone pipeline or Nord Stream pipeline back online, that an underwater team is going to have to go in and investigate and find out, make sure that they're structurally sound. So my take is, how is it possible with all that pressure of that natural gas in those pipes to have an explosion from the inside out and then seal itself back up, considering that it's in the Baltic Sea and it's under extreme amount of water pressure just holding the pipe intact. From the, the deeper you go, the more pressure. So my theory is Putin got up about midnight and went over to that rig and opened up those one or two of those lines and went back home, went to sleep, and wanted to get either a reaction from NATO or the U.S. or, like most of our country does, use that as a, as a, as a smokescreen or propaganda or just something to, to create noise for some reason or the other. So a false flag. I find, it, I find it absolutely impossible for those pipes to seal themselves back up. Wow, that's a great, that's a really interesting theory, Ray. Yeah, mm. we'll definitely have to uh, wait and see what happens. Yeah. It, you know, anything could happen. A right now. It could have been a false flag by Russia to give a pre yeah, pretense for war. I personally think that it was, just given the dynamics and the fact that they were down for maintenance. Yeah. Well, all they had to do was turn the valve off. That was yeah. right. <laughs> they had control. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's right, and it went viral the next morning. Everybody just went literally ballistic and pointed the fingers at everybody. And can, let's not forget, though. When that before before Russia invaded Ukraine, keep in mind and let's not forget this at all. Uh, Mr. Biden flew over to Russia and had a back behind closed doors meeting with him, if you recall. And what the first thing that Joe Biden said when he came out of that private meeting with with Vladimir Putin in Russia and went up to the podium. He said that he had just given Vladimir Putin a list of what companies not to hack. Oh, wow. why, would anybody, why would anybody in any position, let alone our president, meet with our adversary that just just a couple of weeks prior to that just happened to, to infiltrate um, a couple of our companies – created a big wingding over that, but why would Joe Biden make that comment? Right. My opinion is my opinion is just this. Diversion. 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 Mm -hmm. what, hey, because right. Joe Biden basically said, well, Mr. Putin, you can hack anybody you want, but this is the list of the ones not to hack. What, real quick, where, um, Ray, where did you um, see that? Because I'd like to go watch that myself. Um, let me see here. If you, you should be able to just, I'm trying to think of what that meeting was all about. Um, I would just, I would, oh, I, I could tell you, that was the same interview, the same scenario where Joe Biden got into it with the CNN um, 
a CNN reporter and then immediately went to the tarmac to get on Air Force One and got into it with another reporter. So maybe you can find it linking linking those. Uh, Biden goes to meet with Vladimir Putin. Oh, I know what the situation was. Joe Biden made the comment that he's going to confront Vladimir Putin face to face, and he's not afraid of him. That was that was that time time frame. Do you remember that in the media? Okay, okay, that'll help but, definitely. Look, hey, thanks. What's your email address? Uh, Ron at wakethebearradio.com or Brandon. Okay, Ron wakethebearradio.com. Okay, yeah. I'll find it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, Sounds hey, good. Thank hey, you. thanks a lot, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Got to go to the next caller. Appreciate your call on yep, that and, and your thoughts. Okay, and we have T. T from Monterey. You're on the air. Yeah. Um, well, my thoughts on the pipeline, if it really was destroyed, which I think is what happened, but it was interesting what the previous caller said, where if it was a kind of a uh, falsified um, destruction, uh, because I don't think it's all in Russia's interest to cause damage to that pipeline, because they make a lot of money off of that mm -hmm. when they with the uh, you know the gas that's been sold through there. And all they need to do is they can just turn off the gas flow and just say, hey, we're not going to give any, you know, supply to Germany and not destroy it. I, so, I agree with you on that one. That, that's kind of my personal take, too. I mean, $20 billion, I don't – that's a big price tag to create a false flag. Yeah. Now, you do have to look at what our president said. And, of course, you know, for some reason our country – you know, our administration has a huge agenda to not have any fossil fuels. Um, and, you know, he was talking about, like, taking the pipe, pipeline out kind of uh, around the bout a ways. And so I kind of am thinking if um, if I had to say who did it, I, well, I would say that, you know, um, Ukraine would probably want to be able to do it. I'm not sure if they have the ability or not. Um, it's, I think it's questionable. But I would think it would certainly be someone that's more on the Ukraine side, and I would say the United States would definitely have the capability of doing that. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hearing. I mean, the, the other question would be that, you know, Putin, at least early on, and was invited to Davos to be a part of the WEF. So the question is, is did he, was he part of it and saw the, the direction it was going and said, I'm out? Or is he still in? Because we know Trump went there, and he basically gave the middle finger, like the MAGA, MAGA middle finger to the, the World Economic Forum, and they never asked him back. So I'm wondering, did Putin give the middle finger too, or is he still in? You know? Yeah. Well, he's part of the BRICS, yeah. the whole gold, uh, you know, getting ready to go on gold and all that I stuff. I mean, if the whole plan is to shift all the, all the, the entire world's currency over to a, a, a global digital currency maybe that he's playing along and he gets something out of it maybe he gets a couple countries so that it, i don't know i mean we don't know for sure we're just trying to figure it out right yeah well everybody has to do everything they can to stop any like a digital dollar or any global digital currency i i won't even get into the reasons why because what i want to say really quick is something that i think everyone needs to look into and see if this is actually true or not uh because i've I've seen a little bit of this that, um, are you familiar with the, uh, the looking glass aircraft? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the one that um, the di has the disc on the top or is that the, uh, um, I'm not sure if that's disc or not, but it is, it's uh, one of those types of planes. It's also, it's officially known now as the, uh, AB NCP, the airborne uh, national command post. Yes. Uh, so this is the, uh, this is an aircraft that's used, uh, if there's, uh, um, a, concern that we might get nuked and our ground assets are taken out from that they have this uh, plane flying around to be able to still issue command control to our submarines and you know whatever remains on the ground and if that's really if they got that up flying i'm kind of concerned about that yeah, I yeah. bought my uh, my iodine tablets yesterday online. No, I did. I, no, I don't know. Are you are you familiar with the gentleman who runs the uh, Monkey Works? Uh, um, he, they call him. The, he's actually former uh, United States Air Force, and he has a show regularly, like daily. Mm. He does a sit trap, and he talks about all the planes that are up, and he goes through and says these are where there's a, a no fly zone because the presence in here. So I've listened to him, and he said that plane has been up 
a lot over the last two years, all like almost all the time. So I don't know. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's a regular thing or if that's like something special now that they're just telling us. But he, I mean, you can go back and watch. I think he's called Monkey Works. Yeah, and, Monkey Works. And he he talks about that particular plane, hey. shows you photos of it, and shows you where it's going. And where yeah. It's going. Hey, T, okay, yeah, version? it's it's a uh, E6B Mercury is the, I think, the latest version of a Boeing 77, but uh, I, I wouldn't be as concerned. I mean, obviously, it's a concern if they have that thing up because they have a particular reason for it, but if it has been kind of up now and then over the past two years as opposed to it not being used at all, all of a sudden now it's up now, so, but, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Hey, T, we're going to let you go. we yeah, got to close you, in yeah, a couple minutes. You. If you find Thanks. out, uh, call us back, okay? Or Will do, yeah. Email us. Thanks, bye. Bye. Okay. All right. So, hey, uh, wanted to close with one thing, you know, um, just a section of Putin's speech, you know, because it, he really points out some moral things. And uh, it's just like a minute, but it really, let me just do that one. It was being translated as he was talking. This uh, market looting, which will deprive uh, billions of individuals, most of humankind, of the right to determine their own uh, future. Yeah. And it's the very negation of the uh, essential fundamental of uh, moral and family rights. I'd like to return to uh, what I said earlier and address all citizens, not just colleagues in the room, to all Russian citizens. Do we want in our country, in Russia, instead of a mother and a father, that we should have parent number one, parent number two, They've gone mad. Do we want that in our schools, in the early uh, primary schools, that we should uh, teach this perversion that we should talk about not just men and women, but that there would be a, an additional gender? Is that what we want for our children, for our country? We will not accept that. We have our own future that lies ahead of us. That's wow. Yeah, and then he goes on and quotes uh, Christ. He says on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, that uh, about false prophets and stuff, and he says, you'll know them by their fruit. And so, you know, just listening to that, I'm just thinking, gosh, where are we at right now? We're pushing these things, and at least he's, you know, I mean, his audience, he's, ta he's talking about Christ and you know, our president won't talk about Christ like that, and, and then pushing the gender thing. Well, and they raise up, this it comes back to this thing, that, um, you know, God raised up Assyria and Babylon, which were more wicked nations to destroy Israel because it would not return to God. Yeah. And so, yeah, I pray that we're not in that kind of situation. I mean, we're not Israel. We're not the, not the civic nation, but we need to pray, and we need, to, we need yeah. to return to God. Our nation needs to turn back to Jesus and confess our sin and, and, and ask for forgiveness and, and move yeah. on. Yeah, tonight's uh, Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement. God bless you guys. Amen. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.